No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program with Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see Joab, along with David's mighty men, lay siege to the city of Abel in pursuit of Sheba, who rebelled against the king. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in 2 Samuel chapter 20 on Simply the Bible. We are covering fewer verses today, and that gives us a little more time than usual to make application to real life. Charles Spurgeon said that the sermon begins where the application begins. Now, as David was seeking to reestablish his grip on the nation following the rebellion of his son Absalom, a man named Sheba from the tribe of Benjamin rebelled, seeking to take all Israel along with him. The king sent Abishai and the special forces to apprehend this enemy of the throne. On the way, Joab joined them and took command of the army. He went through the tribes of Israel, gathering men to join them. Sheba had taken refuge in Abel of Beth Maacah in the territory of Naphtali. The site of this city is located about four miles west of Tel Dan in northern Israel. We continue today in 2 Samuel chapter 20, verse 15. Then they came and besieged him in Abel of Beth Maacah, and they cast up a siege mound against the city, and it stood by the rampart. And all the people who were with Joab battered the wall to throw it down. Here was a rebel within the walls of the city. Joab and his men went after him the usual way by building up a siege mound against the city wall. They began battering the wall to throw its stones down. The problem was that the inhabitants of Abel had a rebel hiding in their midst, but they didn't even know it. We also have a walled city, as it were, in ourselves. Some of us have built walls so high and so thick to keep others out. We don't want to be disturbed or we don't want others to know the real us, but it could be that we have a rebel lurking inside and we don't even know it. People may come from the outside seeking to batter down our walls. They may even be well-meaning Christians who are just trying to help us out. Now, maybe they know about the rebel that's lurking within that we don't see, but we resent their disturbance and consider them enemy invaders. Sometimes the most forceful way into a person is not the most effective way. Verse 16, Then a wise woman cried out from the city, Here, here, please say to Joab, Come nearby that I may speak with you. And when he had come near to her, the woman said, Are you Joab? He answered, I am. Then she said to him, Hear the words of your maidservant. And he answered, I am listening. So she spoke, saying, They used to talk in former times, saying, They shall surely seek guidance at Abel. And so they would end disputes. I am among the peaceable and faithful in Israel. You seek to destroy a city and a mother in Israel. Why would you swallow up the inheritance of the Lord? 
From inside the city comes the voice of this wise woman. She addresses her words to Joab. Why are you coming against us? We are a peaceful and loyal city. Others have come to seek our wise counsel. So why would you destroy our city, a mother in Israel, and the Lord's inheritance? And Joab answered and said, Far be it, far be it from me that I should swallow up or destroy. That is not so, but a man from the mountains of Ephraim, Sheba, the son of Bichri, by name, has raised his hand against the king, against David. Deliver him only, and I will depart from the city. So the woman said to Joab, Watch, his head will be thrown to you over the wall. Joab replies, You misunderstand our intentions. We don't want to destroy your city. We only want one man, Sheba, a rebel against the king. If you deliver him up to us, then we will leave you alone. The wise woman replied, Just wait. The next thing you see will be a head flying over this wall. We have here a method for resolving conflict. Communication. Each side assumed things that weren't true. The inhabitants of Abel assumed that Joab wanted to destroy them. Joab assumed that the inhabitants of Abel were protecting Sheba. Neither assumption was correct. But how could they know except by taking the time and making the effort to listen and understand the other party? Oh, that we would all learn this lesson of seeking to understand the other party rather than seeking to be understood. Now, we may still disagree, but think of how much more agreeable our disagreements could be and how many disagreements could actually be resolved peaceably. Perhaps we are as Joab in this case. We're coming to someone who has his walls built up high and strong. We know that there is a rebel flesh within that is an enemy of God. If that flesh remains without ultimately being crucified at the cross, then it will deceive, dominate, and destroy the entire person. Perhaps we have come with the battering ram of the Bible. We think that we're going to knock that wall down by quoting chapter and verse. But have we tried first listening? I mean, really listening? I have found that everyone has a story and most people are willing to share it if we'll ask them. We do a thing called Meet the Neighbors where we knock on doors in our neighborhood and invite people to our church or if they're open to it, we'll strike up a conversation. One day we knocked on a door down the street from my house. As we invited them to our church, they informed us that they were members of the LDS church. Now, in times past, that would have been the end of the conversation. But this time, I simply asked them, can you tell me why you've chosen to become part of the LDS church? So they opened the door and invited us to come in and sit in their living room. For the next half hour, we conversed, coming to a deeper understanding about our respective beliefs. It wasn't an argument. It was communication about something that was important to each of us. Yes, we see things differently, but we were able to discuss these differences without sacrificing love. Perhaps if we would witness using the tell-me-your-story approach rather than the Bible-battering-ram approach, we would find more warm conversation and 
fewer hard, cold walls. We may even find greater receptivity to our message. Remember, there is a rebel flesh living in each one of us. And if we're honest with ourselves, we'd have to admit that sometimes it gets the better of us. That old man doesn't die easily. Strange, it isn't the pointing finger of judgment, but the goodness of God that brings us to repentance. That's how my wife does it. She is a realtor, and the Lord has clearly sent her into the world to be a light to others and hasn't taken her out of the world. She is so kind, genuine, and good at what she does that she makes friends with believers and unbelievers alike. She is simply herself, and she genuinely cares about people. And so in this manner, she is an attractive witness for Jesus Christ. Verse 22, Then the woman in her wisdom went to all the people, and they cut off the head of Sheba, the son of Bichri, and threw it out to Joab. Then he blew a trumpet, and they withdrew from the city, every man to his tent. So Joab returned to the king at Jerusalem. Now this wise woman didn't have trouble doing what needed to be done to save the city, even when it meant that someone would lose his head. She had no difficulty calling out evil for what it is. And that is wisdom indeed. The prophet Isaiah said, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. These words are certainly appropriate for what we see happening in the world today. When people justify taking the life of an unborn child, that is calling evil good. And we need to be as the wise woman and call it out. If wickedness goes unchecked, then it will ultimately destroy the entire city. We cannot sit idly by and watch the righteousness that has exalted our nation and given us liberty and prosperity disintegrate into the bondage and barrenness of moral depravity. As Edmund Burke wisely said, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. Rather than the citizens of Abel losing their heads, they made sure that the rebel lost his head, and over the wall it went. Likewise, we must behead the evil within us, whether it be lust or greed or pride, Christ cannot reign in the heart where these rebel forces have free reign. When Joab saw Sheba's head flying over the wall, he blew the trumpet and the army went home. Mission accomplished. I love this story because it shows what one wise person can do. This old woman was probably not considered a mover and shaker of the able high society. I doubt if she was running for mayor. She was just one ordinary person who saw a life-threatening situation and acted with wisdom to resolve it. But in so doing, she saved her city and ended a rebellion against the king. People all around us are rebelling against King Jesus by ignoring his revelation and going their own way. But God is looking for those wise individuals who will destroy the works of the devil and save their neighbors from destruction. Verse 23, And Joab was over all the army of Israel, 
Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, was over the Kirathites and the Pelathites. Adoram was in charge of revenue. Jehoshaphat, the son of Ahilad, was recorder. Shiva was scribe. Zadok and Abiathar were the priests. And Ira the Jairite was a chief minister under David. So Joab continued as David's general, even though he had murdered Amasa, whom the king had appointed in place of him. David resented Joab for killing his son Absalom against his orders, but he had no one else like Joab who was so skilled in commanding the army. Benaiah was David's bodyguard, and he commanded the elite troops known as the Carathites and the Pelathites. Benaiah would become the commander of the army at the beginning of Solomon's reign. Adoram was the tax collector, Jehoshaphat the recorder who chronicled the events of the kingdom, Zadok and Abiathar were the priests, and Sheba the scribe. Ira the Jairite was David's prime minister. A leader's administration is only as good as the people he has working for him. The key is to select trustworthy people who operate in their God-given strengths and are faithful in their duties. Then there can be shalom, peace, well-being, and wholeness, whether it is in a kingdom, a company, a church, or a family. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcasts. Tomorrow, we will see where God sends a famine to Israel because of the way Saul killed the Gibeonites decades earlier. It's a sobering reminder that God is the judge and that he doesn't forget apart from blood atonement. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of 2 Samuel on Simply the Bible.